Welcome back to this ongoing series that we're calling In the Beginning, looking at the foundations of the world and who we are and where we came from. Pastor Chris Berg is with me again. Last time we concluded with Adam and Eve did the one thing that God said not to do. So, Chris, going back to that, what happened in the garden? Eve was deceived because of the mistake she made. She was deceived by the serpent, and the serpent is Satan, who was a, a fallen angel removed from his position of serving God and desired the praise that only God deserves. Lucifer tried to rebel against God, and a third of the angels fell with him. Lucifer hates God and hates anything that God would make. That makes him the enemy of mankind. It sounds like he's got a big problem with jealousy. Huge problem with jealousy. But, but he's good in some things. He has some ability. He is a great liar. The Bible calls him the father of all lies. And a lie is a lot like a poison. Nobody is going to see a skull and crossbones and think, should I drink that? If you couldn't read and you've been stranded on some deserted island for your whole life and you get rescued and on the boat, you see this container with, with skull and crossbones, you're not going to think to yourself, I think I'd like to drink whatever's in that. You're just going to know, don't drink this. Now, you give me a glass of chocolate milk. And I love chocolate milk. I'm 46 going on eight when it comes to chocolate milk. Nice, creamy, whole milk. And you put some poison in that. I'll drink that because it doesn't seem. And that's how Satan lies. He puts a whole lot of truth and he makes it look really good with just a little bit of lie. That's enough to kill you. To get us to do what God said not to do. Yeah, he wants to destroy that fellowship, fellowship that God created mankind to have. Satan hates fellowship with God, and he wants to destroy our fellowship with God. And he will lie to get that to happen. So even though you said he's good, maybe we would say he's effective at pushing his yeah. purposes. And simultaneously, there's no good intention in him and anything he does. We need to know that ultimately... He is seeking his own will rather than the will of God. Good in ability, but completely evil in nature. That's a great way to put it. He deceives Eve. He approaches her in the garden. He gives a lot of truth and just begins to put a little doubt into it. And he says, did God really say that you couldn't eat from any tree of the garden? God didn't say that, right? What God said is you can eat freely of any tree in the garden except for this one. When he presents that, we see Eve's first crack in the armor because she says, no, we can eat from any tree in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, we shall not eat of it, nor should we even touch it. Here's the problem. God never said, don't touch it. She added to the perfect word of God. Mentioned this before, Hollis, if you have perfection and you add to it, what becomes of perfection? It becomes imperfection. Yeah. Now, it might be a good idea to have a hedge around the tree and say, I'm not even going to get close enough to touch it. But she attributed words to God that God did not say. And that was the issue. And Satan pounces on that. 
So is that at least analogous, if not the exact proclamation that we run into in Revelation that says anyone who adds to the words in this book or takes away from them, may the problems that are described herein be his or hers. Yeah, the the principle of don't add or subtract from God's word because it's perfect. And any addition or subtraction makes it imperfect. You know what I'm thinking is somebody who's fallen quite a few times myself, I think that's true of all of us, is that I might look over across the fence at my neighbor's pasture and think, boy, it it looks a little better over there. And I start to believe what I'm thinking instead of laying it beside the Word of God and seeing how it lines up. And if I'll pause to think about the Word of God, it says, we shall not covet, then I would say, God's given me all that I need. I just need to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and whatever I need will be provided to me. But if I try to go help myself by doing that, which God said not to do, then isn't that maybe pretty similar to what was going on with Eve? Very similar to what was going on with Eve. The serpent continues his attack on her, and he just puts a full-on assault on God's word. And he says, if you eat of this tree, you're not going to die. Satan just comes out and says, God is lying to you. God is holding back from you. And I don't know about you, but I don't ever like to be held back from or to have good things held back from me. And if I believe that something I have earned is due me, then I'm on a mission and I can, I can be pretty ugly on that mission thinking I'm going to, I'm going to get the thing that I'm supposed to have. And he says, God doesn't want you to know. This good thing God is holding back from you. Your knowledge will be like God's knowledge. You'll know what God knows. And uh, talked about Satan's issue with jealousy. He now puts that lack of character quality on God. See, God is jealous because he wants to be better than you. And if you eat from that tree, God knows that he'll no longer have one up on you, and you'll be equal to God, which is the very thing Satan wanted for himself. The root of Satan's problem was pride, that he wanted for himself what was actually God's and not his pride, the foundation of every sin. She set herself up as the independent judge of right and wrong. Instead of saying, God's word says, do not eat of this, that settles it. Our allegiance is to be fully on the word of God. God gave us reason and ability to think, but not to judge whether God's word is right. Our ability to reason is to understand God's word and how to obey God's word. That's the the boundary of reason. God's word is always going to stand, and there are no exceptions. There are no circumstances where we can do our own thing, trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust God and obey God. There's no greater freedom than to be in the will of God and to enjoy his fellowship. Nothing more enjoyable than that. Amen. And, and Satan's lie is always, you're missing out. There's so much more to life than living under the authority of God and that you won't find happiness under his authority. You have to experience life on your own terms. And that is a lie that kills. Chris, I think if you looked in the 
World Book Encyclopedia for a picture of a person who took the bait that you just described, it would probably have my picture there because I kept thinking that even though God said, I just think I need to do that or this or the other in order to really enjoy life. And as a person soon to be 70 years old, I can tell you that I still fall down every day. But the joy of being in the will of God has a peace that truly passes all understanding and a joy. I never imagined it outshines anything the world has to offer. I appreciate, again, your presence and these great thoughts about what happened in the garden. How did we get this first great event, which was a tragedy, but there's more to the story, and we always can look to God because we can say, we did this, but God. Those are two of my favorite words in Scripture, but God. Yeah. We meant it for harm, but God turned it around and used it for good, even after we've broken and made a mess out of it. That's right. And the rest of Scripture is about what does God do to bring mankind back to him? And it's a demonstration of God's holiness because sin is despicable before God. And it's also a demonstration of his great love and that he made a way for us to be restored. That sounds like a great plan for our next session. I'm thinking because we've been referring so heavily and appropriately so to the Word of God, maybe we ought to look at the Word of God next time so that we can show that this is a completely reliable, without error writing that God has given us. I always call it a love letter from God telling us how much He loves us and how he's not trying to limit us, but pursuing us for a love relationship that's greater than anything we could ever find. Does that sound like a good next step in our... Sounds like a great next step. Okay. We'll do that, as I always say, Lord willing, because it's all up to him, right? That's correct. Y'all have a great day, and God bless.